Some of us are afraid to make decisions because we cling to the right to change our mind. If I stand out there and say a thing, and then what if I want to change my mind? What if, what if I don't want to stick with that? And so then it looks like that I'm hypocritical. It looks like that, that really I can't stand up to what I decided. And so it's just easier to not make any declarations at all. If I don't make any declarations, then nobody expects anything from me. But I want to challenge you this morning. Making confession and declaration is a godly thing. It's a right thing. And so we have two insufficient modes of conduct before us. One of them is someone who makes declarations and doesn't follow through. And the other one is the one who makes no declarations at all. That way they don't get accused of not following through. But there's a Christ life intentional living that I think this morning applies to the church. It applies to every one of us. And so I'd like to speak to the church down the road this morning, but I can't. I'm here. So I'm going to talk to the church that is here. There's some of us this morning that need to stand up and confess some things in our life. Not guilt, not the admission of wrong. We need to confess what we're about. We need to stand up and make declaration of our life. We need to stand up and declare what we're about, what we're doing, what we're for. And so let me be the first this morning. I want to declare this morning that I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And I declare that this morning, no matter what's happened in my life in the past, no matter what things might come upon me, I declare this morning, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And along with the scribe, hey, I may come short of some things. I don't know. There may be some issues. I'm not talking about perfection this morning. What I'm talking about is declaration. And my declaration is, I am a Christian man. I am no more than a Christian man. I am no less than a Christian man. I'm just a Christian man. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. That's what my life is about. That's what my hope is about. That's what my eternity is about. That's what my, my existence is about this morning. I have chose a long time ago that I'm following Jesus, and I declare this morning, and I stand on it this morning, that I have intentionally decided to set myself in line with the gospel and follow Jesus Christ. That's a strong declaration, and some people don't want to go that far because what if I want to turn back? It'll make me look like a fool if I get out on a limb and say those kind of things, and, and really, I haven't made that full decision in my life. Well, I'm going to encourage you this morning. It's time to make that full decision in your life. We talked to a young man just recently said, I don't know if I want to serve Jesus or not. I said, well, there's, there's no getting on today and get off tomorrow. And then we jump back on like a merry-go-round. We ride the ride a little bit, get off the next time, and get back on. That's not a declaration of faith. That's not a declaration of anything. That's just easy. No one said that following Jesus was going to be easy. No one said that you're not going to have some challenges in this life. 
No one said that people aren't going to point fingers at you and they're going to scrutinize your life and look at you. That's never been said in the gospel. But it does say this. Who do you say that Jesus Christ is? Some of us need to stand up and make a declaration in our family, in the face of the devil, in the face of our job, the people we're around, and stand up and say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, period. It's what I do. It's what I am. And so using myself again just, just to prove point, is I've intentionally set myself to preach this gospel. And the Lord laid on me some, so many years ago to begin a work to preach the gospel, to feed the flock, feed the flock of the Lord. And that's what I've tried to do. It's intentional. And I make this declaration this morning. That's what I will continue to do. I will continue to strive to establish people that want to follow Jesus, I will declare this morning, it's my intention to help you. It's my intention to help you get plugged in. It is my intention to cause you to be an overcomer in Christ Jesus. I can't do that, but I'm going to do my part in preaching and helping. I make that declaration this morning. I make a declaration for this church. We're not here in this church just so we can open the doors. We're not here in this church just to have another church. There's another one on the corner up there, and how many is enough? We're here to preach this gospel. We're here to tell people that you need a clear declaration in your life, where you're at, what you're doing, where you're going in Christ Jesus, who you you are as a man or a woman in Christ Jesus and that's what we set to do in this church and I strive to establish Jesus followers, those that really want to follow the Lord. If you don't want to follow the Lord, I can't help you. I just got a call this week from a person that that doesn't know whether or not they want to follow the Lord. I don't have any counsel for that. Well, Pastor, can you counsel me? No, I can't counsel you in that. What I can counsel you in is get established in Christ Jesus. What I can counsel you in is declare a thing in your life. Declare your intention in your life. And God's going to help you. And the church is going to help you. And I would say this. It's my job to get you rooted and grounded in the Lord and in the body of Christ. I'm here to get people grounded and rooted in the body of Christ. I'm not here just to preach frivolously or over television to preach generally. I'm here to establish people in the house and the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm here to say to you that what's right this morning, and I declare to you that what's right this morning is that you pick up the mantle of the Lord and that you declare for yourself and your house, your household, your family, your wife, your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, that Jesus Christ is going to be ruled in your life that Jesus Christ is going to be the one who all things come measure to and that you declare that you're going to ground yourself and root yourself in the body of Jesus Christ that's my heart that's what I declare I remember years ago when I was first pastoring and being down on my face saying God Give us men. God, give us men. Give us men, Lord, that will 
that would become the backbone of a church. I love our ladies. I love every one of you. God bless you ladies. But the gospel is not built on the back of the women. The gospel is built on the back of men. The gospel is built on men who make declarations in their life. Come on, say amen. We've had enough weak men. We've had enough weakness. We see it all around us now. We see what we would, what we would look at years ago and say that that person definitely wouldn't be a leader in the house of the Lord. They don't look like a man. They don't act like a man. They don't speak like a man. There's something wrong here. But I prayed for men. I prayed, God, give us men. Give us men who can stand. Give us men who can root. Give us men who can support. Give us pillars in the house of God. That's what I prayed for. And that's what God has done. And when I look this morning at what God has done after all of these years, and I say this this morning, I don't have to go any further than the front bench to say that God has provided and supplied that very need, that God has brought us men in this house. God has brought us pillars in this house. God has performed his word in this house. I can remember back years ago and, and, and one brother who came to our church and preached and I didn't get hardly anything else out of what he said. But he looked at me and he said, God is going to send you men in this church. And I don't know how he knew that and God inspired him to say that. But God has raised this place up on the backs of men in this house. Most Pentecostal movement, a lot of it's women. A lot of it's this weakness, but God has raised up strength in this house. And I praise God because he has brought people who are intentional to serve the Lord in this house. And I thought about, I'll use you, Brother Chris, I hope you don't mind. Just, just the front row. We've got a whole crowd of people. But let me, let me prove, make a point this morning. That 24 or 5 years ago, Chris comes to us, he's 16, 17 years old, and he's trying to find his way in life. Rodney's working with him, and there's so many others here at the same story, but, but let me just relate this, is that, that God begins to draw him, and God draws him to a place of commitment, draws him to a place of salvation, and Chris begins to set his feet in the Lord begin to make declarations in the Lord for his family, for his people, for his children. And Brother Chris, I tell you now, you were 17 when you came in here, and you have daughters that are over 17, but they're going to do the same thing. They're going to declare that God is going to be their God, that they're going to they're connect to him, they're going to connect to this body, and that God is going to bring it. We're not here for one generation. We're not here to just have a good time and let go. We're here that God would design a church that's built on men and women who will make a declaration in their life. I'm going to continue to serve God, continue faithfully before him and see what he's going to perform in my life. And I thank God for that. Can you say amen? Amen. I said, God, I need my children. I need my children. My one daughter was with us this week. She's moved to Colorado. And how do we know what God will reconnect? I don't know that. But I'll look at my son now. And God, give us a man. God, give me a man to walk beside me. Give me a man that will support. Give me a man that will make some declarations. And if you haven't heard him preach, he may be stronger in some things than I am. To declare the word of the Lord. To declare what's right and what's wrong. And I'll look across here. And, and my daughter... 
And she's just a woman, but she's got a man, Austin, who stands up and declares the word of the Lord over his family. He declares, we're doing this, and we're not doing that. And the declaration that he has made has caused his children to fear the Lord. And, and they're in the house of God this morning. And I praise the Lord for that. God is faithful. We declare the word of the Lord over our children. We declare the word of the Lord over this church. I do it every Sunday night. I say, God, when we close this service, God, be with us. God, protect us. Lord, let your presence be over this body. We declare the word of God, the favor of the Lord over his children. I believe in declaration. Can you say amen? Oh, how many have been touched and moved and God has sent us men. God has sent us men that have they're born in the heat. There's been some heat come down in this church, and some of you know, everybody doesn't know the workings, doesn't know all the things that's happened. But there's been some heat come down in this church, but men have stood up and said, I just had a man just the other day, just this last week, said, Pastor, this is my church. These are my people. And I said, thank you, Lord. That's exactly what we have prayed for, what we have sought for, what we have done all of these years. This I encourage every person in this house, I'm going to encourage you and challenge you this morning, each member of this church, to make known by declaration your clear intentions as to your faith in Jesus Christ and the commitment to this body. Koinonia is not just a phrase that we want to throw out. Well, that's what we have 15 minutes before church, koinonia. No, that's, that's a misunderstanding. We're talking about jobs, we're talking about shooting rifles, we're, we're talking about a number of things, backing my truck up into a tree, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh, we're a talking, talking, it is fellowship, koinonia, but really the definition of koinonia, you know what the definition of koinonia is? It's not talking and fellowship, the definition is partnership. We are partners in this thing, and we declare one to another, brother, I stand with you. Brother, I support you. Brother, I'm going to be there with you through your trouble and your trial. And God's going to work Koinonia out in this church. Can you say amen? And it already happens. Thank you, Lord. Now, the scriptures that I read probably don't seem to align with what I've been preaching so far. But, but hang on. We've almost got exactly there. Last week I talked about this. This thought's been going over in my mind still. Is that we get in Gethsemane, and there in Gethsemane is a place of the submitting of our will. And the Lord showed that example. He went to pray there. The disciples were asleep. And there's a lot of disciples still sleeping in Gethsemane. But the Lord is going to move on from Gethsemane to the cross. And so I talked about that last week, and, and so what I want to do here, I'm going to tie this together at the end, the cross of Christ. But before we go to God's declared intentions towards us in these two settings that I read, there must be a move on our part out of Gethsemane to the will of God, out of our own will, out of our own thought, out of our own intention, to God's intention for us. And so I believe this morning that that clear declaration of change, that intentional commitment that we need to make in our life, 
it takes us away from old places. And let me say it because I know that you've felt this. I know everybody that's been a Christian has gone through this. We get developed, especially the older we get. We get set in our ways. We get a certain modus operandi in our life. This is how I do. This is, and it's really hard for God to change us. You young people, let God change you now. When you get older, we get running in a set of habits and attitudes that, that we can't seem to break. It just sort of is who we are and what we've done. But in this clear declaration, God is opening us up to us an avenue of change. And the change may be hard, and it may be like, man, I don't want to say that. I don't want to go there because I may fail in it. Don't be afraid of a declaration. God has got some stuff, and that's what I read that we're going to talk about, that he's going to get you through the good things in your life. He's going to help you. Say, I'm tired of old habits. I'm tired of old ways of seeing things. I've just... I don't see that right, and, and my processor isn't working right sometimes, and I'm seeing it wrong, and I'm thinking it wrong, and I'm tired of that, and I detest the weights and the sins that so easily beset me. Well, I tell you this morning that a declaration and a new approach to that, God's going to give you victory in it because you don't have to live anywhere but in what God has ordained and called for your life. And so he's bringing you higher, saying, come on out here, take the cross, come out, follow me, and I will give you that new approach and that freshness that needs to be there in your life. And so... I declare this morning, I will take up the cross and I will follow Jesus. So help me God. So help me God. Can you say amen? I mean, I've tried and failed. I've, but I'm going to declare upon what I heard this morning in the word, I will declare a new confession for my life. Now, I want to go to the text here. Here's the promise of the Lord towards us. We move towards him, he moves towards us. Isn't that amazing? You draw not Jesus, uh, or rather it's an Old Testament. You draw nigh unto me, and I'll draw nigh unto you. So the action begins with us. He doesn't make us, he doesn't force us. But you draw nigh unto me. And so the Lord begins a work in us. And in this text, the one having begun a good work, a good work, agathon, a work that's going to do some good things in our life. And we always correlate that with salvation and, and the beginning of salvation, but salvation is, is a lot of roads to travel. We work our, our salvation with fear and trembling, it's it's not a one-time thing, and we get up, and certainly our sins have been washed. We're born again, but that's not where we stop because the one who has begun a good work in us will continue, will continue completing that work until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, I think the day of Jesus Christ must be talking about the last the last second coming, uh, the end of time, the day of the Lord that Peter talks about. 
The day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night. And I think it's probably a reference to that. And so if I pass before then, then God has done his work in my life until that day. And if I live until then, God is doing this good work in my life. Works that are going in my, uh, on in my life that aren't good, they're not inspired by God. Bad attitudes and all the, you know, the, the negative things that go on in the Christian life. They're not inspired by God. God is doing a good thing in your life. He does no evil things in our life. It's all, everything God does is good. So he started that. And we get a picture now of maybe let's say a painting. At some point, you start a painting. It isn't just, bam, there it is, you know. Well, take that back. I've seen some of them just throw paint at a wall, and that's a painting, you know. I don't know that one. But somewhere, if a picture, a beautiful picture, is going to be painted. And I, let me just, Thomas Kincaid. Okay, not just because he's a distant relative, but we'll just use him. We were in San Francisco at the uh, Furniture Mart. We turned the corner, and there's his display, and he was there. So, so he's, he's got these, I think it was painting that day. And so he is going to, you know, go to the colors, and I, I don't know how to paint. I, well, I'll take that back. I can paint houses, and that's about it, but... To lay out a picture where it's so beautiful, you can see, man, that just is awesome. It looks so real. But it starts in just that first little swipe. He's got this plain canvas. There's nothing on it. And, and dips into the paint and, and however they do that. And he begins to outline and, you know, and it's beautiful. Now, and at some point, you can see it starting to come, you know, to fruition. At, but, but when he starts, it's just like, Wow, there's just not much there. It doesn't look like much. But God's starting in our life. He starts. God sees the picture done. But he starts way over here with us. And he just begins to draw those first little lines in our life. And, and so now he's going to build on that. That, that picture is not going to be done tomorrow. It's not going to be done when you get 60 or 65 where I'm at. It's not done yet. He's going to do it until the day of the Lord. There's some finishing touches that he's going to put on every picture. Can you say amen? Now, the Lord likes to compare a lot of things to building a house, and that's something I know about. So you start with just dirt. There's nothing there. There's just, you know, in our case, just some trees, an orchard. We saw them down, get them down, dig them up. And all you have is just dirt out there. And then you begin this process. Of building. And you set in the foundation, and it doesn't look like much. It doesn't look like, wow, it's there, but not very pretty. And then you get some framing coming up in that thing and say, now, okay, yeah, I'm starting to visualize what's going to be here now. And now we can see, you know, the walls coming up and, and the roof coming on. And, oh, man, this, this thing's looking good now. But the Lord's work in our life 
It's not going to stop at framing. It's not going to stop at roofing. It's not going to stop at siding and sheetrock and setting the doors, the windows. His work isn't going to stop. It's going to continue to go in our life on and on and on. Thank God I'm not done yet. Thank God we're not done yet. But he is continuing, and this is a great promise. This is a great promise. That's why I say, if you have a declaration this morning, and you believe it's God declaration, and and God is moving your spirit to make a declaration about him and about what you're doing and, and all the things of your life, and you're ready to make that declaration, God is ready to continue the good work in your life that he started. And this is awesome. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise right there. This is not like turning over a new leaf. This is not like uh, something that you do at New Year's. This is different. This is a declaration to stand on. And it's a godly declaration. declaration, And it's a word of God in my life and for my family. And I'm going to stand on it. And I'm going to tell you what, God's going to help you do it. A lot of times, New Year's, we make all these resolutions and we don't, we're not able to do them. It's hard to change. But let me tell you about this. You're not on your own. You're not on your own. Come on, say amen. You're not out there just struggling by yourself. Well, I just need to do this and that. I'm just going to struggle to do it. No, God comes in, and he who has begun that good work, he's going to stand with you on a declaration in your life, and you declare, I'm going to serve Jesus, my house as for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to tell you what, Jesus is going to come beside you on that, and he's going to help you because that's a good work that he has lodged inside your heart, and he will cause it to continue in your life and he will complete and complete and complete and keep completing that thing inside your life oh isn't that good amen listen sometimes we get feeling like we're on cruise control we've served the Lord a long time now I've got it figured out let me slip into cruise control and I'll just move on down the Christian freeway just dodging the other cars, and I'm just going to come on down the freeway. I've got it all figured out, but I don't see the Lord thinking that. I see the Lord thinking that I've got some improvements in your life. How many did say this morning, I need God to improve some things in my life? But I don't think he's going to do that if we don't make the declaration, that's where I'm going. Unless I make a declaration, a clear declaration of that's where I want to be, Lord, a confession that comes out of my mouth, God, you're going to help me in it if I can stand on it and confess it in your name. And so I like to say this. Brother Dave said this, and Sister Marge, you'll remember this. It only took one day to get Israel out of Egypt. Just one day, one Passover. But it took 40 years to get Egypt out of Israel. You might come out of the world and it's going to take God one moment to deliver you out of the power of darkness into his glorious light. Just a moment. That quick. But you're going to spend a lifetime getting the effects of sin 
out of your life. Brother Aaron, you just, you just taught it. Wednesday night, that's exactly where you went. We're going to fight the flesh. We're going to fight feelings. We're going to fight all that stuff that, that we seem like that we're about. We're going to fight that stuff. But God is going to give us help. He's going to complete it and complete it if we continue to stand God did complete the work in Israel. They all ended up dead. And this is what God is going to do in your life. You're going to go out to a cross, and there your will is going to die. And out in the wilderness, it's going to die. And then there's something else in me, and it needs to die. And as long as I'm willing, God is going to continue that process in my life, completing that good work which he has already intended for me. Hallelujah. No wonder in the Old Testament, God said, I know my thoughts towards you. What did it say? My thoughts are good towards you, right? That's my thought toward you. No, God, you just want to take us out and kill us. No, he just wants the will to line up with his will. If your intentions line up with God's intentions, that, my friend, right there is a formula for success in your life. Amen. So let's look at the second verse. And, but we know. And I've heard this used as, as a lot of things. And it, it may have more than what I'm just preaching this morning. But we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. And, and kind of jumped off of that. And so, uh, wow. You know, I had a problem there. But then it worked into something better over here. And I believe God can do that. I'm not, I'm not trying to bring that, you know, as... As, as not real, because God does do that at times. You know, you had a problem there. It's like, Joseph, what you intended for bad for me, God made it for good. Yeah, I believe that. God can do that. But for purposes of this sermon this morning, let's go a little different direction. But we know that the ones loving God, all things work. Remember that in the last verse. Oh. Together into good. To those being called according to his intended purpose. Okay, now let me think then. All, all right. This may not be about financial things. It may not be about the right house and, and a good favor happened there. And, and, and I believe God does that for us at times. But the work that's talked about in this is the same work that talked about in Philippians, the first chapter. He has begun a good, what? Work in you. All things work together. For what? For good. He who has begun a good work in you. So I'm going to parallel this with Philippians 1.6 and say this. That God has an intention for your life. Those that are called according to his purpose. And that good work is going on in their life. And that thing, that good work isn't something you'll see out here in the flesh. But I believe that good work is going to be what God is performing inside of you. And he's called you to an intended purpose. Do you know what that intended purpose is in your life? So, man, I don't know the plan of God. I don't know what God wants to do in me. I'm, I'm about to reveal that to you real quick in case you didn't know. It's the verse following that says he has pre-ordered. He already figured out what he wanted for your life. Isn't that amazing? Little old me, and I was born so many years later, and, 
And God already, do you believe in predestination? Yes, I do. I believe God predestined some things. And this is one of them. He predestined that the good work in you is going to conform you to the image of Jesus Christ. See, that's where he's going with that. He's not going with, well, I lost a few dollars over here and then I gained some over there. It all worked together for good. That's really not what he's talking about in this scripture. What he's talking about is that good work that's been lodged inside of you. It's been lodged in there purposely. It's been delivered to you. It's been deposited into your life on purpose. And God's going to build on it and build on it. How does he build on it? He conforms you to the image of the Son. Wow, when I look at myself and I look at God, it seems like we're so, so, so far away. Lord, you were perfect. Lord, you never made a mistake. You never said a wrong thing. You never thought a wrong thing. You just, you were just, oh, without failure or fault. And here I am. Here I am, a human being. And I try. And sometimes I mess up. And I get mad over here. And I didn't mean to do that. And I didn't mean to say that. And Lord, forgive me. And, and then I compare myself to God. But he is still doing a good work in me. Can you say amen? It's not to the one who, who runs the fastest. It's not to the one who fights the hardest. It's the one who yields to the Lord in their life. And he's going to make your feet to come back. Listen, don't, don't rejoice over me, oh my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. I'm either up or I'm getting up. I'm going to serve Jesus Christ even through the difficulties of life, even through the failures of life. I'm going to serve him no matter what happens in my life. That is my declaration this morning. And God has already preset these boundaries for us that we're conformed to the image of the Son, perfect, spotless, complete. Wow. To even be compared to him really takes us back, but it's all been prearranged in the very logos of God, John 1.1. And now I want to go over um, one page. And if you'll follow me, you can go with me over to um, Romans, the uh, eighth chapter. Wait a second, I lost something here. Yes. Okay, the eighth chapter and uh, the 16th verse. The Spirit, the self-same Spirit, witnesses with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, also heirs, truly heirs of God and joint heirs of Christ. If we indeed suffer together, that we may also be glorified together. In the previous setting on, on uh, the other page, it said, these ones that he has predestined to be uh, conformed to the image of Christ, that he called them and he justified them and he sanctified them and he glorified them. And I think about that glory at 
I don't feel like I deserve any glory this morning. Does anybody here feel like they deserve glory? I don't think we do. I think we feel like Isaiah every time we come in the presence of God. Woe is me, for I am undone. And so this word glory and connection with me, it just doesn't seem to fit very good. But to those he called, he justified them. He sanctified us, delivered from the power of sin. Then he glorified them. But Jesus talked about glorification as being the cross. John, the 17th chapter. Now, Father, glorify the Son. The hour has come for the Son to be glorified. Now, to us, glorification would be somebody um, set us on a throne, carry us around as, as a big figure. We're being glorified to Jesus. His glorification was the cross. I just wonder if the glorification of the saints is our cross. I wonder if we die out to the flesh every time glory enters in. I wonder when we put the flesh down to death and, and crucify a thing in our life, if that isn't the connection that the Lord would see as glorification. His cross was a glorification of himself. So we look at this Romans, the 8th chapter, and the 16th through the 19th verses, and, and if children heirs are also truly heirs of God, join heirs of Christ, if we suffer together, we're glorified together. So what does that mean? Well, that's to the early church because the early church, they were being under persecution. Well, we don't have any persecution in this country. Has anybody knocked on your door yet to arrest you for being a Christian? Has anybody fired you from your job yet for being a Christian? I've heard of a few of them, but we don't have very much suffering, very little. Somebody may not like you because you're a Christian. That's, that's about as far as it goes. I was working with some men, didn't like me, called me Mr. Preacher Guy, you know. You just think you're all that just because I was a Christian man. And that was about the suffering, the extent of it, and I didn't feel any glory in that. But I think the glorification comes when we suffer together we suffer that old flesh to the cross. We suffer that will to go to the cross. We suffer those old things that are in our life. And we declare that in the name of Jesus, we're going past that. That we're going to live over that. That we're going to go through that by the help of the Lord. And I believe then that God begins to bring in His glory into our life as we submit to that. Now, let me read just the end of this next two verses. For I calculate that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the coming glory to be revealed in us. And so I ask this question. When does the glory come? Glory is going to be revealed in us. When is that glory coming? That glory is coming by the steps that we're taking. It's coming by the putting down of the flesh. It's coming by... God renewing us and making us new. And then finally, this 19th verse, for the earnest expectation of the creation is eagerly expecting the revelation of the sons of God. But he said, now you are the sons of God already. You're already the sons of God. It's already revealed that you're the sons of God. But what is God doing? He's continuing that good work that he based in our life, and he's going to do it. He's going to continue it in our life as long as we will make that 
connection to his intention in our life. Say, well, that's kind of hard preaching. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm ready to check out. I'm ready to go to sleep. I don't really care for that kind of preaching. Well, the problem is we get set in our way, and God, it's like, you know, somebody said, old Christians are like concrete. They're all mixed up and set in their ways. And God wants us, the Lord, our Lord, wants us to be pliable in his hands. Can you say amen? And so, Lord, I've got to make some declarations in my life this morning. What is it? Where am I headed? What's my intentions? Because if my intentions are good, and he begins that good work in me, he's going to continue to perform it and perform it and perform it. Let me say this to the young people of this church. And I would say it to the last group of, of young people that got married. Make your intention and your declaration known to your family what you're going to do right in the front. Can you say amen? All of you that are out there this morning that tried to deal with it later, you say, whoa. I should have said that a long time ago. Make your declaration, your intention. What is it you're going to do? How are you going to build your life? How are you going to follow Christ? How are you going to connect to the body? Make that intention known to you and your family. And then the next generation, I, I speak to the next generation this morning. We got a lot of marriage age kids coming up again. You know, we have them in cycles. You get a bunch of them married, and then it's like a while, and we get a bunch more married. And so we're almost to the place now. We've got all these 20-something-year-old kids. And what I say about that is make your declaration about your life right now. Right now. We're going to serve the Lord. That's it. We're going to follow Jesus. Doesn't matter what kind of job I get. It doesn't matter what kind of house we end up with. We're going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're doing. We're going to be a Christian family. We're going to be Christian men and Christian women. And I declare this morning, upon that declaration in your life, God, who begins that good work in you, is going to perform it and perform it and perform it and perform it and continue it, continue it, continue it through your troubles and trials. Continue it through your family fights. Continue it through your disappointment and bankruptcies. God is going to continue his good work in your life. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. I just want to be intentional this morning, Lord. Can we all just pray that? We don't just do any music this morning. I'm about to dismiss. Everybody's ready to go this morning. But I want to I pray with you. Would you bow your head with me this morning? Oh, God. Lord, I poured out my heart. Not really a shouting message, but Lord, something that we can chew on. And Lord, where I haven't been intentional, where I haven't made declaration in my life, maybe it's over my children. Maybe, Lord, it's over my job. Maybe it's over my finances. I haven't made declaration that I'm going to support you no matter what. Lord, maybe I haven't made a declaration to my wife and my family that this family is going to serve Jesus. No matter what happens in life, there's one thing we're going to do is serve you, Lord. There might be somebody here this morning and say, I need to make some new declarations personally in my life. 
There's some things that need to change. I need some changes. I just need some things to go just a little bit different than what they've been going. Lord, I pray that they'll make a declaration in you, and that declaration, you will begin that good work and support that good work in their life. We just ask you now, Lord, as we travel, we travel out this life, Lord, God, that we make it known, that we let it be known who we are, Lord, and what we intend to do, where we're going, where we intend to end up in you, Lord Jesus. We pray your blessing over it in your name, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And anything.